Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Monday edition of the show as we eulogize the 2023 season that was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, spoke to Coach Bowles today, spoke to a lot of players in the locker room as they wrap things up and We'll take a look a little bit about what happened and what's ahead for Tampa Bay. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com that um, was also at the Bucks facility today with me, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing? We're doing good. You know, it was a, it was a good, productive session today with uh, Todd Bowles, as well as a lot of players. There were some players that, that weren't in the locker room, and, and that's to be expected because... This is a day where players are doing exit interviews. We saw probably about half the team uh, in the locker room. Yeah, um, Mike Evans did not want to talk today. It wasn't personal. It was just like, you know, hey, I'm not talking today. So, Because uh, he would be inundated with questions about what's next, Mike? What's next? Yeah. And, of course, he answered a lot of those post-game yesterday. So uh, don't read anything into that, as I tweeted out earlier on our X account. Um, he was respectful about it, shook some hands, you know, talked kind of off the record a little bit, just in generalities about things. But, um, uh, you know, going to be a big offseason for sure. The Buccaneers, there's really five free agents that, that they have to re-sign, Matt. I think you and I are in agreement with, with these. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Slavante David, Chase McLaughlin, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, those are the guys that they're really – performed exceptionally well that you can literally look at the wins that this team had those those nine wins 10 including the postseason and say yep these guys were responsible for a lot of big plays offensively defensively and of course a lot of big kicks for McLaughlin so um, I think as long as they re-sign those players and and add some strategic pieces in free agency with a little bit of money they're going to have left and I'm going to drop Josh Capo's excellent salary cap Mm -hmm situation article uh, on pewterreport.com here in the chat. I want everybody to read it after the show because it's really well done. It's going to set up, it's going to set the table for what's coming this soft season in Tampa Bay from a cap perspective. Yeah. Shout out to Josh Capo wrote an awesome story about, you know, who they could cut, who they need to resign. I know Scott just mentioned a lot of those guys. So if you want a full breakdown of the money, the financials of it, definitely check out that article from Josh Capo. And I think that's why there's a lot of optimism. Like, yes, it sucks that they lost to the Lions. Um, you want to see how far this Bucks team could go. Yeah. But I, I also do think today, while sure, there is always uncertainty about certain players who you're going to re-sign. If they can bring back the majority of those people uh, that you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, like Chase McLaughlin, if he's not here, it's like, oh my God, like Chase McLaughlin is what's missing from the Bucks going to the NFC championship game. I don't necessarily know. Uh, yeah. But for everyone else, for sure, there is this optimism of, hey, if they re-sign these guys and you make a little adjustments here and a new safety, maybe a new interior offensive lineman, this team can really, really make a big run. I mean, they're already mm-hmm. halfway there to the Super Bowl by getting to the second round. And as we talked about with the NFC South, while it may be a little bit tougher next year, it's still certainly not like uh, the most difficult division that the Bucks could be a part of um, going into next season. Yeah. So 
there's there's always positives and negatives with everything. But overall, I think the arrow is trending upwards um, for the Buccaneers, and it'll make this offseason that much more exciting because we're not talking about tanking or a new coaching regime. We're talking about how can this team improve and get better from an already pretty good season. I agree. And Tom says the offseason will be exciting, and I agree. And uh, in, in We're right in it. This is the first day of the offseason. Here we go. We've got – our off-season schedule, just in case you're new to Peter Report, we do four shows. And currently, they're going to be at 4 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We might switch, as we typically do in the off-season, to a couple of primetime schedules to invite some people who maybe can't catch the live show because they're at work or whatever. So we'll, we'll tinker with that, but we're going to have uh, some shows this week at 4 o'clock. Next week... We're going to let you guys know probably um, by Thursday what our schedule is going to be as it pertains to the Senior Bowl because we're going to be in Mobile doing some shows live from the Senior Bowl there after watching practice. And and then, you know, we'll be at the Combine. It's going to be here like that, Matt, just before you know it. So uh, so it is going to be an, an exciting offseason. And as, as Jeremy says, great, a great season. I'm excited to watch more Pure Report in the offseason. Yeah, it's kind of where we thrive with – with uh, the the insight and analysis we bring from places like Mobile and Indianapolis, as well as working our sources for information, studying film, looking at the draft, looking at free agency, crunching the cap numbers with Josh Capo. So this is where you want to be, folks. Peter Report TV here on our YouTube channel for the Peter Report podcast and, of course, PeterReport.com for all of our content starting now and going all the way through to training camp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got a super chat as well. Thanks to the crazy shank for the four ninety nine super chat, who says my overreaction hangover is gone. Bucks had a hell of a season. Will there be a uh, betting picks episode talking about Peter picks and props uh, this week for the championship games? Uh, appreciate your interest in uh, in the show and the picks. I think what I'm going to do for the NFC championship and AFC championship is probably maybe not do like a long 10 to 15 minute video like I typically do. I'll probably do a quick like, hey, here's my reaction. I'll be doing it with my phone. Here, Here's my reaction or pics. And I'll put it out on our YouTube. It'll probably be a reel or um, a shorter video. And then maybe come back with the Super Bowl because there's so many different player props. What color Gatorade. <laughs> Uh, over under on the national anthem, which I've already done a little bit of research about. It's going to be singing it. So I, I think that's going to be the plan for at least uh, the next two weeks. But uh, yep. yeah, definitely appreciate it. And thank you for the super chat. And like we said, uh, it was a heck of a season for the Buccaneers. I, I, I like to think of this year as a, as a glass uh, half full rather than glass half empty because yeah. um, there's a lot of negativity, not really from. I mean, fans, you're always going to get some naysayers, but like the outside noise was, oh, the Bucks are going to stink. Bucks are going to yeah. be terrible. But they proved those people wrong. And I, I think we are of the agreement that if certain things bounce the right way, the Bucks could have a good year. And they did bounce the right way. Dave Canales yeah. was a hit as That's offensive right. coordinator. Baker Mayfield was a hit as a starting quarterback. So, uh, like we said, uh, a lot of positivity, I think, should should come from this group and uh, I, I think that should be more of the focus than necessarily yeah. uh, what the Bucks are missing and, and what yeah. uh, what what is frustrating about this group. Yeah, and and uh, one of the things that has some fans some fans in angst right now, even Emily here. There's no way the Bucks let Canales go. Yeah, Not when there was visible improvement as we went forth. That's exactly right. And uh, 
Uh, Jay Anitra says, Can Alex just move his family to Tampa? I doubt he wants to move again to coach a dysfunctional franchise who could fire him after a year. This, of course, is the the news that came out today. Ian Rappaport first reported it. We have a story up on pewterreport.com about how Dave Canales is getting a second interview, possibly in person. As Carolina's taking their time, doing their due diligence, trying to find the right head coach for Bryce Young in that franchise. Angelina says, keep everyone in offense and Dave Canales. Continue building this defense through the draft and fix the holes. And yeah, you know, I, I think that Canales is using this experience from these two interviews in Carolina. We'll see if there's others that pop up. He certainly made his mark in this this postseason, right, Matt? I mean, for a team that only scored nine points in Carolina in Week 18 to score 30 of the 32 points against the Eagles and then score 23 points against the Lions when they had only scored six back in Week 6. They doubled their rushing production, just about doubled the yardage production, and quadrupled their point production from back in Week 6. And this is a Lions defense, Matt, that you saw. They didn't get any worse this year. They probably got a little yeah. bit better. But the Bucks made some huge strides offensively because of Dave Canales and what he learned on a week-to-week uh, basis as as a first-time play caller, I, I think he's going to stay and and realize he's going to pull the Ben Johnson card, right? Which is, hey, I really appreciate the interest. Not quite ready for this yet. I want to stick around the head coach here and learn a little bit more and and continue to learn as a play caller and continue to build this offense here in this program before I make that big leap. Because the one thing you don't want to do is you, you know you want, you want to be ready for that head coaching job when it comes. There are a lot of coaches, and Carolina is one of those destinations, Matt, where yeah. where coaches have been one and done, right? Mm. When you get that head coaching opportunity, you want to have some staying power. You want to be prepared for the job as much as you can be and, and have some success, not just get a head coaching job because it's one of 32 jobs, but get it because it's the right job and a job that you might have some success with and, and stay around for quite some time. Yeah, I look at it, I, I'm in full agreement with you in terms of, like, I think Canales needs more uh, development. I think he would be the first one to acknowledge that because and something I talked about with Tristan Wirfs today as well, just what this offense could look like in year two, and even the growth from Canales as a play caller, yeah. I think could be exponential. There is a side of it, which I, I can't fault Canales or anyone that kind of thinks this way, and it always reminds me of the Iowa State coach that his name is escaping my mind. Matt Campbell? Yeah, who yeah. like was rumored to go take another job at like USC or whatever yeah. was available at the time. And because he was he was the big thing at the moment. And then he said, I'm gonna stay at Iowa State. And they obviously crumbled, especially when like Brees Hall and, and those guys went to the, the NFL. And Brock Purdy. And, <laughs> and Brock Purdy. And just you know, he's not gonna get that opportunity yeah. again. You can look at that in the sense of a for Dave Canales, but I'm in agreement with you. I mean, you only get so many opportunities to be a head coach, like Todd Bowles after he was the Jets head coach. Yeah, he probably didn't know if he was ever going to be a uh, a head coach again, and then mm-hmm. the situation worked out in Tampa Bay. You want to make sure you get it right the first time, and I don't know if going to a place like Carolina is the the right idea. You'd almost rather wait another year, and sure. Maybe the Bucks' offense regresses. Maybe uh, not everyone is ex- is as excited in you this second time around because there's another big name that pops up. There is always that risk, but Canales, I think, has established himself enough just being in the coaching organization from spending all those years 
in Seattle. That like worst case scenario, if he ended up not being the Bucks offensive coordinator in a couple of years from now, and he's not a head coach, he would still be on a staff somewhere given his history. So you are betting on yourself uh, yeah. for sure, but that's always been what Dave Canales does, whether it was taking a, a high school JV coaching job because he just loved coaching so much right. to eventually getting the USC job to Seattle and, and now betting on himself to be an offensive coordinator again with the team where he didn't know who, who the quarterback was going to be <laughs> when he That's was, right. uh, when he was signing on. So um, I, I think the right opportunity is more than, than anything because as the saying goes, timing is everything and you want to make sure you got it at the right time. No, it's well said, Matt. It really is uh, for sure. Um, just just to kind of set the table here, right? Here's Tom. I want us to sign Brian Burns. This is not going to be a free agency period where they're going to open up the checkbook. This is not where the Lasers are going to be signing big names and all of that. The big names that are going to get re-signed are guys like Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Anton Winfield Jr., Levante David, uh, Tristan Wirfs might get a contract extension rather than playing in his fifth-year option because it would be a cheaper situation for the Buccaneers. They'd free up some cap money rather than have to pay that that fifth-year option, which is around $18 million per, per year, which is would, it, would be this season. So that's where the free agent splash is going to be. If you're a longtime Buccaneer fan, you know that there were years like that where – like. The, the big free agent signings were re-signing Derek Brooks and John Lynch and Rondi Barber and Mike Allstott and Warren Sapp. And it wasn't as sexy as bringing in the new guys, but we could we could do a whole show, Matt, on the the big names, the Michael Johnsons, the Andre Collins, uh, the yeah. big name guys that, that they have swung and missed in free agency, the Russell Gages that, that just haven't worked, haven't panned out here, whether it's Jason Light doing it, whether it's Bruce Allen, whether it's Mark Dominic. Um, free agency, got to remember, and Derek Brooks told me this, if a team loves you, they'll find a way to keep you, first of all. And, and number two, uh, if you're available in free agency, it's because your own team didn't want you bad enough, right? So there's that. And, and Jason Lai's done a good job finding those value guys this year. It was Baker Mayfield 2019. Yeah. You know, you're looking at Shaq Barrett. So I think they're going to continue to mine those gems in free agency and see if they can hit on a couple more of those guys that are good bargains. Thanks to uh, James Wilder for a couple of super chats, dollar uh, 99 and this dollar 99 as well. Who says balls is the thing holding this team back. Also says, I can't be optimistic until balls is gone. So James Wilder, not a fan of yeah. uh, Todd Bowles. And I get it. I mean, there was a time when we were all predicting that Todd Bowles would mm -hmm. be out the door and would not be the head coach uh, after this season. That seems like the case. We had a press conference with him today, so it would be quite odd for him to be let go uh, not too long after doing that press conference. I will say, obviously, Bowles winning that playoff game against the Eagles stamped his uh, passport to be the Bucs head coach next season. And <laughs> it's a long, long ways away, but I do wonder if next season, if the Bucs are 9-8 and eight again or 8-9 and nine and fail to get double-digit win seasons. Like, yes, it's a thumbs-up for Bowles for next season. And he's not on the hot seat by any means. Right. I also don't think Bowles can really afford to be at 500 or hovering right around it once again. Like, I yeah. think very much with Bowles, it is a season-by-season -season basis. 
until he can get a 10-win mm -hmm. season, and that kind of buys him another year. I think that's your spot on, Matt. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a little shell-shocked just covering this team. This will be year 29 for me in 2024. I'm a little shell-shocked uh, in off-seasons. And, and I say that because uh, these guys right here, the Glaciers, they're unpredictable, okay? They fired Tony Dungy after three straight – playoff appearances from 1999-2000-2001. Dungy was fired after going 9-7 and seven and losing in Philadelphia in back-to-back -back years, mind you, from 2000 and also 2001. And they wanted an upgrade. And they got one in John Gruden, right? And, and at the time, Dungy was the all-time winningest coach. And again, they fired him after going 9-7. and seven. Well, then the thing is, the Glaciers, <laughs> they fired John Gruden. Gruden had delivered three division championships, still the most in franchise history by any head coach, as well as the team's first Super Bowl. And they did that after the nine, or I'm sorry, after the 2008 season when the Bucks started off nine and three before losing their last four games of the season to finish nine and seven and just out of the postseason. And here's the thing, Matt, and Peter people. They waited 19 days to fire John Gruden. Okay, 19 days. I want to say that season ended December 28th, if my math is correct, and they waited until January 16th to fire both he and Bruce Allen, the general manager. So those are two very unpredictable firings that happened, and they also let Tony Dungy and John Gruden give their farewell, not even farewell, but yeah. give their post season press conferences and then they fired him after that and the thing with Gruden is they had just given John and Bruce Allen massive contract extensions earlier in 2008 so they had to pay Gruden not to coach for like five years so I'm not saying it's going to happen and I'm not trying to uh you know start anything or whatever I I'm just saying I'm a little shell-shocked by what's happened in the past the lasers can be unpredictable and you have to wonder, we were saying it up, up until week 18, Matt, if Todd Bowles had lost to the Carolina Panthers, I think he would have been fired. They would have been eight and nine. Yeah. You're losing a game to a, a, a two win football team. You didn't make the playoffs. You didn't win the division again. And you would be at that time, 16 and 18 as a head coach. Now he's 17 and 17. And he's one and two in the postseason. So I'm with you, Matt. I think for Todd Bowles, he's not necessarily on the hot seat next year, but he's got to continue to win and he's got to get to double digit wins. He's got to continue to show progress. And 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 there's a chance that the Bucks become the next Lions. But one thing is for sure, and I'm talking about this in today's two point conversion, which I'm wrapping up after the show. That guy right there owns him, Jared Goff is the puzzle that Todd Bowles and this defense cannot solve. And guess what? They were 0-2 against Goff and the Lions this year, and they got to go back to Detroit to play him again next year. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's, uh, there's really two things, people, systems, that have that have really gotten better the to of Todd Bowles um, since he's been in Tampa Bay, whether as a defensive coordinator or as a head coach, and that's the – Shanahan, McVeigh, 
McDaniel type of system, mm-hmm. like that type of offense that you see with uh, with the Rams and with the 49ers. And Jared Goff's the other one. He just cannot yeah. figure out Jared Goff at the moment um, for the time being. So something that Todd Bowles will need to avenge and, and improve, improve on for next season. And I do wonder with Bowles, with this, with this group, I, I get it. Like the Bla- the Glazers can be unpredictable. Fire a guy after two seasons. I, I do think there is a little bit of importance to sustainability, though. Like, yes, yeah. you don't want consistent five win seasons, and like, oh, hey, he'll turn it around eventually. Right. But like, I don't know with Bowles at this moment, and I guess we'll learn more after next season. Of yeah. man, the Bucks, if kind of like what they did with when they let go Tony Dungy, and they brought in Gruden, like, oh, like we just need this guy to get us over the hump and win a Super Bowl, which Gruden was able to do. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I feel that with the Bucs of like, man, if they had Harbaugh as the head coach, they probably beat the Lions uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Like, I look at, and it's a little bit a little bit of a different thing here, but you look at Todd Bowles and the Bucks and uh, what the Bills are doing with their head coach. And it's like, you could see the Bills replacing McDermott. Sean McDermott, yeah. Yeah, Sean McDermott and – okay, a new guy comes in and that gets the Bills to that AFC Championship game and winning that AFC Championship game right. versus, okay, well, a new coach comes in for the Bucs. I think their level, at least for this season, kind of still the uh, the the NFC divisional game. So yeah. I think that's important to keep in mind for next season as well. And obviously, a lot of that will be determined by who returns, who isn't, and uh, all that good stuff. But while I keep rambling on, um, it is important that we also get to one of our favorite things to do on this podcast, and without question, our favorite thing to do on Monday shows. It is Roll Call. We do this every single Monday, whether it's in season or out of season for the Buccaneers. Um, it's just a great way that we interact with all of our fans, the pewter people. Um, we do this every 420 or a couple minutes after where one of us will go on a uh, diatribe about the Buccaneers. And in the meantime, if you want to show where you are watching uh, the podcast from um, with the the town or city, whatever. We'll put it up on the screen and uh, give a shout out to some Peter yeah. people. As so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about you know, a little bit of a rant here about the edge rush or lack thereof yesterday. And I'm going to talk about Shaq Barrett. And then when I wrap up, Matt, you have a Shaq Barrett video, I'm sure from today. Videos, yeah. You got two. Okay. So when I wrap up, hit those videos and keep those, those locations coming. Cool. So Shaq Barrett, Probably, I would say, most likely is going to be released uh, this offseason. Uh, the Buccaneers, you look at the production, four and a half sacks versus how much they're paying him. The fact that he's 31, he'll be 32 next year, coming off the torn Achilles. He's lost a step. He's not that explosive player that he was. And he's also getting older, too. One of the absolute best guys I've ever covered just in terms of being a human being. But you have to look at, at matters like this from just a pure X's no standpoint. Sometimes you can't let the emotion get in the way, and it stinks, but it's going to be time to move on from Shaq Barrett. And the Buccaneers will actually take an accelerated cap hit. It'll actually be more expensive to part ways with them this year. But by doing so, they won't have all of the dead cap money hitting the cap next year. So in other words, you kind of take your medicine this year, kind of like what you did with Tom Brady this past season. In 2023, Shaq Barrett will have all of his money on this year's cap. It's going to be a large number. Uh, Josh Capo has that number in his article. I've already put it in the chat. But the thing with with the Bucks edge rushers is 
Yeah, yeah, Diaby, that shoulder injury, that was a factor, I think, yesterday. Um, but when you look at the fact they had, I want to say, 17 quarterback pressures total on Jared Goff and only two sacks. Of those 17, 11 came from two guys, Kalijah Kansi and Vita Vea. Other than that, the edge rushers had a terrible game against Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell, the two outstanding tackles for the Lions. Yeah, yeah, Diaby was, invinci- was invisible. Uh, Anthony Nelson got hurt, hurt his elbow. Uh, we saw that today in the locker room. It looked nasty, yeah. <laughs> twice the size of his other one. He, d- he was a non-factor. Joe Tryon-Schwinka was a non-factor. And, of course, Shaq Barrett was a non-factor. So it- it's pretty clear. Sometimes that final game of the season kind of tells you where you need to go from a personnel standpoint. Like your warts, they show the most in that final game. And I think Jason Light is going to have to go back and, and find another edge rusher to pair with Yaya Diaby. But, Matt, I don't think it's going to be Shaq Barrett, and I think he realizes that too. Yeah, Shaq was uh, brutally honest today when he spoke to the media. Uh, I'll get to this video. First one, Shaq pretty much straight up asked by uh, Greg Allman of Fox Sports about if he thought at all that yesterday's game would be his last game as a Bucks player. <laughs> no, that's a possibility. Like, I've been around for a minute, and I know with my contract and my production and got some promising young guys that all let the player factor into it, but I, I would still love to be here, like, second home. We love it. My daughter, kids love it down here. So, I mean, yeah, I understand it's a business, but after everything that happened this year, like, we're a family now, too, and I appreciate them for everything they did and just rocking with me, sticking with me through everything. And I hope it's not, but I know it is a real possibility, but I hope it's not. Appreciate the honesty from Shaq. Yeah. It's like, yeah, with my contract and my production, it doesn't necessarily um, yeah. add up. And then Shaq talked a little bit further about really just how much he hates contract negotiations. And uh, it kind of takes a toll on you. And yeah. yes, it is part of the business. And even when you have money coming your way, just, you know, these are relationships with people that you care about and that you form a bond with. But you have to do it. It's part of the business. Yeah. It's a stressful process. It's a stressful process. Like, uh, but it, it's just a business. Like, I understand, like, you don't want it to feel any personal. Like, you don't want it to feel personal, but I always want to feel personal a little bit. But you got to try to kind of take that out of there. If you could get somebody to do the job and try to get them for as low as possible, you're going to try that. But if you want to be hard by negotiation, then you got to just keep fighting, going back and forth, forward. And then y'all meet on the common ground. But it's just, like what it should be like i understand what you're worth i'm gonna try to get you for lower but i'm gonna settle on like a fair fair value and stuff like that so uh yeah you just gotta try to it's impossible but try to keep the emotions out of it but it's impossible so it could be stressful for a lot of people but i hope uh they they usually do the right thing get the guys here back that they really want here and uh, keep building uh, championship defenses and go championship teams and play up contending teams and start to take that next step to get back to the Super Yeah, again, pure honesty from Shaq. I mean, he even went out of his way to compliment the Bucks organization and, and front office for the ways that uh, they have dealt with him in the past. And I, I think he's kind of alluding to other players uh, as well. But regardless of what happens with Shaq, I mean, 
He'll go down as one of the most important free agent signings in the history yeah. of this franchise, probably outside no of doubt. Tom Brady, arguably one of the best uh, free agent signings. And uh, the Bucks don't win that Super Bowl in 2020 without Agreed. his performance uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. So yep. we'll see what happens with Shaq. It does look like that he won't be back here uh, next season. But uh, yep. I think it's important, too, that we – Show some admiration for what Absolutely. Shaq has meant to this group and um, and what he's done for this franchise. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, we, we also appreciate all of our pewter people who join yes. us every Monday live for our show because we do roll call at 420 or thereabouts. Sometimes we, sometimes sometimes we, we get so late. excited talking Buccaneers. We're like, oh, shoot, it's 423. But, hey. We got the roll call taken care of. Uh, Matt, where were some of the, the locations we heard yeah, from today? Yeah, uh, all over the place. And I mean that in, in a good way, for sure. Let's give a shout-out to uh, Lucas Patisse for watching from Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Very nice. cool. Jarvel 5 dealing with the snow over in Ohio. <laughs> KGH for life over in Nyack, New York. Now we're going international. Ben Latska from Basel, Basel, Switzerland. Rafa 1589, watching from Madrid, Spain. The wow. M's over in the Philippines. Very and cool. And then uh, we rounded out with uh, some Floridians as well. Mm -hmm. Tom from Gainesville, Emily Campa from Altamonte Springs, Florida, and right here in Tampa, a lifelong Tampa mate, native Scott Valdez. So awesome. Uh, yeah, appreciate everybody again. Another fantastic turnout, as uh, San Otto Gato says. 246 people here, and most are acting like they have alligator arms reaching the like button. <laughs> Hit the like button. Appreciate you saying that, uh, San Anto, Anto Gato as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, love doing roll call. Always fires us up when we do it. The other thing I always get fired up from is when I get to have a Celsius energy drink, especially mm. with the new line of Celsius that they have rolling out, the Celsius essentials which has 270 milligrams of caffeine to help you live fit there's no sugar in these drinks just like with all their originals as well it's the ultimate energy drink line the celsius essentials i'm talking about for the fitness enthusiast looking to elevate their performance for mint uh they have three essential aminos that provides you with an unbeatable combination of ingredients uh to help your physical and cognitive performances as well you can get Celsius Essentials nationwide at 7-Eleven. You can order the three-flavor variety pack and pick it up over at Walmart. They're rolling out nationwide. And soon enough, they will be over on Amazon as well. So whether it's the Celsius Essentials or maybe you want to pick up some of the original flavors, the sparkling orange, watermelon, strawberry lemonade, Arctic vibe, if you need to know where to find one, go over to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you can pick one up. Could be a Walmart, Target, health and fitness store, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you want more, you can go to Amazon and get it in bulk. I'd recommend getting that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're in charge. You're the captain. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Yep. Now the Buck says, work for Pepsi. And let me tell you, people, love Celsius, me included. Yeah. The interesting thing is uh, Celsius signed a, a distribution deal with Pepsi. And so they're in a lot more locations this year than they ever have been. So uh, very cool to see. And it's great because I think a lot of people from watching around the country can pick up Celsius at a convenience store or bodega near you. So very cool. 
Very, very cool. Let's get to a couple super chats that we have. Haven't forgotten mm-hmm. about you guys. Thanks to MJA777, the $2 super chat, who says, is Thad Lewis going to interview for an offensive coordinator job? Interesting. Because uh, yeah. I know Todd Bowles is, is very fond of Thad Lewis. I mean, he did keep him over from uh, the previous regime, which obviously Byron Leftwich got let go, but they kept Thad Lewis on. He became the quarterback's coach. Um, haven't heard anything about Thad interviewing for an offensive coordinator job, but you know, if the offense does well next season too, could get some consideration. I think if Todd Bowles stays here and if Dave Canales were to move on this year, next year, whenever, Thad Lewis, and you're right, Matt, I think with another year in this offense, really kind of digesting it, understanding it, et cetera, I think Thad Lewis might be in consideration here for that offensive play caller duty if Dave Canales moves on after the 2024 season to become a head coach somewhere. So they like him a lot in the building, and I know Todd Bowles is very fond of him. Um, if he were going to have fired Byron Leftwich during the season last year, which didn't happen, even though we called for it at Peter Report, yeah. uh, that was probably the guy that Todd would have turned to. The only problem is with Tom Brady, right? Going through the divorce. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to rock the boat, right? And bring on a new coordinator when you have the GOAT. It was an absolute mess in 2022 with the offensive coordinator and Tom's divorce and all that. And it it dissolved into 18 points per game. Now the Buccaneers scoring, I think they finished around 21 points per game. So that's a field goal more than they did the year prior. And Matt, I think it's reasonable to to expect if, if Baker Mayfield comes back and he's healthy all year, Mike Evans returns, and they continue to build through the draft and you have – Kadon with another year of experience and Rashad White with another year of experience, Cody Malk, et cetera, Luke Gedeke at right tackle for another year. This continuity, I think it's reasonable to expect that this offense could make another jump, maybe another three points to go to 24 yeah. points per game and really kind of edge up into that top 12, top 10 in terms of scoring. Yeah, because you look at like how long it took for the offense to really find its mojo, uh, if you will, or, or really yeah. start feeling like a team that the offense can help win games. That wasn't until the second half of the season. So I think just building upon what they've already done is is super, super important. Um, thank you to Lucas Petit for watching from Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, for the 499 Super Chat, who says, a lot of people might not agree, but Chris Godwin makes too much money to have no deep threat like Evans. Thanks for the season PR. Go Bucks. Yeah. Interesting take because I kind of feel like, especially down the stretch, and I know Godwin had the touchdown against the Eagles in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. There weren't too many games this year where you're like, wow, Chris Godwin set the tone for this. Like, how much different? Because all the balls went to Mike Evans. Yeah. How much different would the Bucks offense have looked if? Chris Godwin didn't play this year and, you know, maybe Russell Gage was wide receiver too and healthy or Trey Palmer stood up or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how much of like a crazy difference there would be. Now the two games Godwin did ball out New Orleans. Yeah. At 100, New Orleans, 114 yards. That one Cause Mike Evans yeah. got hurt. And yep. then um, he, he had big production in the game against the Packers where Baker yeah. Mayfield had his perfect game. Um, I, I think Chris is important to this team. He's obviously a leader, a captain of this team. 
the production wasn't always there. And I'm not, right. and he does a lot of things that maybe the stats don't necessarily show up. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't love the season that Chris Godwin have. Love the person. He won yeah. the, uh, the good guy of the year award and yep. um, has obviously been important to this team for a while. But I, I kind of agree with you, Lucas. Um, I didn't love the production from Chris yeah. Godwin this season. Especially $20 million a year, Matt. And here's yeah. the thing I'm going to read you. All of the the yardage. Let's just stick with the yards, not the you know, because he scored two touchdowns, right? He had two receiving touchdowns, then another one in the in the postseason. He had a rushing touchdown on kind of an, on an end around against Carolina here in Tampa. Yep. But these are numbers that all added up to one thousand twenty four yards, which was good season, but not a great season, and certainly maybe one that's not worth twenty million dollars. But here we go, from week one all the way through. 51 yards, 58 yards, 32 yards, 114 yards, 77 yards, 66 yards, 54 yards, 16 yards, 54 yards, 39 yards, 45 yards, zero yards. That was against the, the Panthers here in Tampa. He did have that 19-yard reverse for a touchdown, but that was it. Then 53 yards against Atlanta, 155 at Green Bay, 78 yards against Jacksonville, 81 yards against the Saints, 51 yards in week 18 against Carolina, and then the two postseason games, 45 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles, 40 yards against the Lions. That's just not overwhelming production for that's not 20, $20 million. million. That's not $20 million wide receiver two production. Yeah. Because even like that touchdown against the Eagles, I'm not trying to poo-poo it. Um, right. But like the game was pretty much well in hand. Yeah, they didn't need that touchdown to win. And yeah, we're talking about four receptions for 45 yards. His yeah. long was the 23. So his touchdown was the longest reception. Up until then, the Bucks were scoring without Chris Godwin. Now, who's, right. to, who's to say in, in year two with Baker and Canales, they kind of unlock the key that is right. Chris Godwin from 2018 and, yeah. and 2019. And Chris will be in a contract year next year. Exactly. Right, like Mike was, so <laughs> maybe that makes a difference. But yeah, it's the other thing too is Chris is getting a year older. That knee is, you know, is it ever going to get back to the way it was before when he was younger and, and being a little bit more explosive? Probably not, right? So, uh, and, and then you're looking at can you can you afford a twenty million dollar Chris Godwin and a twenty five twenty six million dollar Mike Evans? Right, yeah. that's something to consider too. We saw the Buccaneers go to Russell Gage. And force him to take a pay cut. Granted, it was just three million dollars, and Russell's going to be gone. They're going to cut him this offseason. But did they go to Chris Godwin and say, "Chris, we need you to take a pay cut so we can re-sign Mike"? Uh, it used to be where you thought of, especially with the more prominent role Matt in this Bruce Arians offense when he was the slot receiver, and and the offense kind of ran through Godwin. You looked at this and, and you said, Mike is 1A, Chris is 1B. I think there's a pretty clear distinction now in Tampa. Yeah. Mike is 1, Chris is 2. It's not yeah. 1A, 1B anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, just that production. And, you know, Dave Canales would say every week, our first options are Mike and Chris. It was not yeah. first Mike, then Chris. But the way that the offense was and is, it's clear they could tell us one thing, but we watch the games. Right. You see, like you're always <laughs> yes. looking for Mike. And then, oh, hey, there's Chris Godwin um, as well. So definitely something. And, you know, it'll be a storyline we'll, we'll get back to yeah. um, over the summer and things like that. And that's what makes this draft so much more interesting because 
would you really fault the Bucks for taking an, a talented, explosive wide receiver? No, not Maybe at all. not in the first round, but in round two or three. Sure. I don't necessarily think that is um, is the worst idea because yeah. it, it, you, you got to yeah. look ahead a little bit. We're going to be at the Senior Bowl next week. Matter of fact, we're driving to Mobile next Monday. So uh, we'll have a schedule in terms of when our shows are going to be. And and for this week, we're we're still waiting to see if we're going to get Jason Light. And if we yeah. do, that might be tomorrow. Then tomorrow's show is going to be a reaction to his press conference. If it's Wednesday, we'll do uh, that reaction show on Wednesday. If it's Thursday, we'll do it then. Um, I also have a mock draft that I'm putting the finishing touches on. Should be out tomorrow. So we'll do a whole show on the Bucks' first seven-round mock draft from Peter Report as well. So kind of fluid in terms of what our topics are going to be. But, um, but you know, I, I, I'll say this. Uh, Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky, Matt. That's a guy that we're going to watch in, in Mobile. He is an exciting yards after catch kind of guy. There's not going to be in the first round. He's not going to be a Roma Dunze, a Marvin Harrison, uh, a Malik Neighbors. He's not that caliber of guy. May not even be a Brian Thomas from LSU or a Keon Coleman from Florida State. Might end up being a second or third round guy. Guess what? Chris Godwin was a third round guy, right? So yeah. Jason Light. <laughs> Jason Light has done a pretty good job drafting wide receivers. Trey Palmer shown some promise. He just has to be more consistent. Scotty Miller was a late day three guy that certainly helped the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl in 2020. And then, of course, his number one pick out of the gate in 2014 was Mike Evans, a future Hall of Famer. And then Chris Godwin, probably one of the best third-round values. I, th I think when you look at the third round in Tampa Bay drafts, it starts with Rondé Barber, right? <laughs> He's the yeah. best third-round pick of all time. But Chris Godwin probably right there as well. So we'll see if Jason Light, I think I, I agree with you. I think he's going to add another receiver to the mix because Mike's not going to play forever. Chris is in a contract year. You're going to need to continue to stockpile this roster with explosive weapons for Baker Mayfield. Uh, let's get to a couple more super chats. And we got some videos to play as well yep. that we'll get to. Thank you to Terry Hesticles for the 499 <laughs> super chat. He says, I'm so proud of this team. Pay Baker, Mike, and Winfield. Oh, and you the, beautiful uh, people. And the future is bright. Yeah, um, I would say let's rank the importance of uh, priority, but I feel like we could do a whole episode on that. So let's right. save that for another episode. Yep. But yeah, I mean, these guys, Levante David as well, I think are so important to re-sign. And it's another year. It's not a bad thing. It's another year where the re-signings are more important than the free agent outside yeah. signing. So I, I'm with you, Terry. Yeah, I'm with uh, you too. Let, let, you want to play some of these videos? Yeah, we, get, we had some good content today. Let's let's we, get to We did. A, a lot to get into. Let's start with um, – we'll, we'll start with Todd Bowles since we had him first. Um, Bowles asked about Levante David and Devin White, uh, the videos put together, what he had to say about Levante and what he thought of the season that Devin White had and if Devin White will be back next season. Love to have him back. Uh, he's one of my favorite players I've ever coached. Uh, don't even look at his age. He, he plays timeless. He plays timeless football. He plays it the right way. He prepares the right way. He's the ultimate professional. He's probably up and down. Uh, some injured. Up and down like, like our season. You know, we had some good days. We had some bad days. And I said that a lot, about a lot of guys that played that way. I don't know. He's a free agent from a business standpoint. I love Devin to death. From a free agent standpoint, I know it's a business and things have to be out there, but we'll work together and work some things out, and hopefully we can come out with something. 
And with this next free agent, not happening, not, not, <laughs> not happening with this uh, next free agent, Todd has to have a little bit of a poker face. Cause there's going to be a lot of negotiation. Here, but <laughs> there's this, there's, there's one word that he said with, um, with Baker Mayfield and wanting him back that, that stood out to me. Do you think he would be, uh, if he's, uh, if he hits the free agent market? It's a good question. I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd be in demand. I don't know to what, aspect to me in demand obviously the money plays a lot of part of the free agency and loyalty plays a lot of part in free agency and actually who wants you and where you can go and what you can afford plays a lot and how you see yourself in certain systems so it'll be a tricky thing uh he was great here we love him to death um hopefully it works out for us when he called it tricky that uh that that stood out to me and yeah. uh I mean, Todd makes some good points. Like, yes, the money is important. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's a big factor into it. But also, like, what system, how you feel, mm -hmm. comfortability. Um, and I think that's more reasons for Baker to come to Tampa versus try out a new system. Yeah, I agree. And and the other word he mentioned was loyal too. Almost kind of yeah. like, hey, yeah. be loyal to us. We gave you a shot, Baker. Right? I mean, you're you did the work, but we gave you the platform to do the work, to resuscitate your career, to earn the big money. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen in free agency, right? It's a two-way street. And and I think what Todd was saying, too, is how much in interest is there going to be? Well, this is a different quarterback class now. You saw J.J. McCarthy from Michigan enter the draft as well. So you've got uh, May from North Carolina. You've got Caleb Williams, right? Caleb Williams, Drake May. You've got Michael Penix. You've got Bo Nix. You've got J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels. That That's six quarterbacks. Yeah. Probably at least three or four go in the first round. Maybe all six do. Who knows? But there might be some teams out there that would rather draft and develop a quarterback yeah. than go for a guy that that maybe Baker Mayfield is viewed as a system guy now, right? That he's that he wasn't a fit in Carolina system, but he's a fit in Tampa system, right? So it might narrow down the suitors the Baker Mayfield has. And the reason why he says it's tricky, I think, is because. All it takes is one team, man. One team yeah. that says, Baker, we want you. We're going to pay you $35 million. And Mike Greenberg and Jason Leiter going, whoa, 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 $35 million. Hold yeah. on now. <laughs> we were prepared to do like 25 or 26 but now you're talking $10 million per year difference. So there's a red line in the sand for every free agent, even the guys they want to have back, Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Evans, whatever. And when they put a line in the sand, they, they typically don't cross it. But I think he's going to be back. I think all five of the guys we've mentioned on the show will ultimately be back. Because Jason Light and Mike Greenberg, the thing they do best is they don't let free agents that they want get out of town. That is very, very true. Yeah, I feel like if another team was going to swoop in and get Baker, it would have to be a team that truly feels that they're in win-now mode. Yeah. And, uh are just a quarterback away. It's typically like a team that has a great defense, but their mm -hmm. offense hasn't hold, held up their end of the bargain. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, got some great video as well from uh, Tristan Wirfs, who's always a great interview. Yeah. Um, he talked about wanting Baker. We got a couple of videos of, of Tristan. They're all pretty quick, so uh, we'll go through them. But we know how Tristan feels about Baker. He knows Baker. Everyone knows how I feel about Baker. Baker's a, Baker's a dog. Um, yeah, he's been a great, you know, he's been a great friend. It's been awesome to, to, build our relationship throughout the season and, and just get closer. So, yeah, I, I really hope he's back. And, of course, Mike Evans also very important to this offense. Mike, Mike's going to be a Buccaneer for life. I think, you know, he, he deserves that. Um, that's the way he should go out. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's an incredible person. You know, guys look up to him. He's been, you know, he, you know, we we guys in the locker room were watching him when we were kids. So um, it's just it's really cool to have have him here. Tristan uh, began his little press conference or whatever you want to call it, talking about just uh, the overview of the season, what this team accomplished, and uh, by overcoming a lot of expectations. Tristan, your uh, overall thoughts about how the season went, and just can you speak on the whole team? going through adversity, fighting together, and accomplishing what you guys accomplished this year? Yeah, I thought, you know, I was really proud of everybody, you know, the whole season. Um, you know, had some ups and downs, um, but we were resilient. Like, it could have, you know, could have gone the other way fast, losing six out of seven. Um, but, you know, we rallied together and um, ended up in the divisional round. You know, a lot of people didn't expect us to be there, but there we were, you know, fighting for it. So, um, you know, we fought till the end, and um, I was really happy with that. What was key to getting this group of guys to turn things around? Um, I think just, just coming to work every day, you know, I, I say it all the time, attitude and effort, um, you know, that, that's what we can control coming, coming out to practice every day. Um, and just with the mentality that, you know, we're, we're, we're still getting better. We're still, we're still growing. Um, just taking that, um, every day and, um, just doing our best. And this last video from Tristan Wirfs, um, I, what he says at the end is funny, but it's actually it's it's really true the way that this offensive line grew from the expectations that we had at the beginning of the year to you know how they were really built together. Yeah, I think just the the toughness and resiliency of our group. You know, like we had guys Hainsey's Hainsey in his second year playing center, you know, we had two left guards, Cody a rookie right guard, Luke in his first year in the NFL playing tackle like I mean, look at it, we shouldn't have done shit. You know, um, you know, I'm super, I'm so proud of all, all our guys. Um, I love them to death. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think we're a pretty, pretty scrappy group. If you're looking for a pretty scrappy real estate agent, a guy who's going to get you the best house for the, for the most money um, saved in your pocket, or maybe selling your house and getting the most money into your pocket. It's this guy right here, Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group. It takes a full team effort to win football, and it also takes a full team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group, they've done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market, and he has all the experience in every type of situation. He's an Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader, a top-notch Tampa native who knows this area like the back of his hand. With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents as part of the EXP Realty Group, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They form lifelong friendships with them. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. The official realtors of Peter Report. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, Eric Gross Group, or check out their website. Houses in FLA.com. That's houses in FLA.com. Or give Eric a call at 513 907 4271. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Uh, we got a couple more super chats. Uh, thanks to Ian Bowen for this $1.99 super chat. Appreciate your support. Then a couple from Meets McGee. Thanks for the $5 super chat. As Meets says, uh, is Baker a two read passer? Or is it the lack of trust of the offensive line throughout the year? There are plays he'll either take a sack or force it. That's a good question. Um, I, I think he's gaining more confidence in Kate Otten. I think that was apparent yeah. down the stretch. 
Um, I think he's beginning to trust Trey Palmer a little bit. I think Trey Palmer is kind of a feast or famine type guy. He'll make a big play or have a big drop, right? And he also had some fumbles this year. So that's probably the next step for Baker is to continue to work with Chris Godwin, continue to develop trust in Trey Palmer, and not just have this be the Mike Evans show or the Kate Otten show as it kind of was down the stretch here these last couple of games. Yeah. Um, so, and, and two, I, I agree with Matt's point from earlier. I think you're going to see this team draft a wide receiver probably in the first three rounds to add to the mix and to have some continuity when, when Mike decides to call it quits or when Chris's contract is up, if they don't re-sign him, then you have another starting caliber wide receiver. God forbid there's an injury, right? So yeah. I think Baker with this group is only going to develop more consistency and continuity and rapport in chemistry during the offseason. Yeah, I mean, even before Baker came to the Bucks, one of the criticisms of him was his movement in the pocket and trying to extend plays for far, far, way too long. And, you know, that happened at times this season, even in the Detroit game. Yeah. Uh, it, it happened. So he's not perfect by any means. Um, it's definitely something that he needs to work on. I think Baker sometimes stares down receivers a little yeah. bit too much as well. There are a couple of times where Baker got away with interceptions that got dropped. So, but again, in, in a second year with, with the offense, I, I think there can be improvement for sure. Yeah. Again, to me, some gave this $2 super chat saying uh, number 14, Chris Godwin wasn't himself. Green Bay, his best game. He ran timid. I, I wouldn't describe Godwin as a timid player. I mean, he's always willing to to kind of get his nose in, into the middle of stuff. But yeah, something just wasn't totally, totally clicking with Chris Godwin this year. He didn't have a bad yeah. season. He got over a thousand yards. But also, we have, we've had high expectations for Chris Godwin. He's been a great receiver for this team and in this offense. So when you see him not looking like how he used to, yeah, there's a little frustration involved with him. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on there, man. I, I totally agree. Um, well said. Uh, you'd like to see Chris get back to having more 100-yard days. I think he showed he was capable of that this year. Yeah. I think that some of it was Dave Canales and some of it was Baker Mayfield. And maybe in year two, as you said, he can become more integrated as part of, of the offense and becoming more of a steady producer. But the numbers are what they are this year, right? Like we, we can, we're not knocking Chris Godwin. We're just reporting the facts. Yeah. And he barely got 1,000 yards. Two touchdown catches. He's making a lot of money. We'll see if this team makes you know a difficult decision uh, or not. Um, or maybe they'll be able to afford f- for one year Chris and Mike at $20 million and whatever Mike gets, $25, 26000000 million, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks to Imperial13 for this uh, super oh, chat. There we go. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate the dollar super chat. Yeah, this is just a, a comment here from Yee's. Uh, any news on Jensen? I thought JP, meaning JP Peterson, said that he was working his way back. I, I think he wants to play, but I, I don't think the knee is going to let him. I mean, he's trying to regenerate cartilage in his knee with stem cell therapy. It's worked on some people. I don't think it's worked. I think it'll work enough for him to walk around without not being in pain, but playing football, <laughs> moving you know, yeah. three hundred pound men. That that's a different story. I just don't see that that being the case. Uh, Jacob Pitt here. We appreciate you. Always miss roll call because I'm always driving home from work. Fort Worth, Texas. Been with PR since the Winston days. That's awesome. We appreciate you tuning in. Better late than never. So that's awesome. We definitely appreciate it. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's get to a couple quick videos before we close out the show. Uh, Kalijah Kansi spoke today. Yeah. Always good to hear from the uh, the first round pick of the Bucks, and uh, he gave his thoughts about how his rookie season went. Uh, for me, it's about being consistent, uh, just making sure I don't lose who I am, and just building up on what I did this year as a rookie. So you think it's more mental than physical? Yeah. In brief, okay. Yeah. Lose lose who you are. How so? Uh, just not forgetting like what my game is as, as far as my explosion, my quickness, uh, my strength. Just kind of getting better on my strength and, and being able to, to be the guy who I am and better. Easier to do that when you have to do less thinking and everything kind of the scheme is more automatic for you? Um, I don't think it's necessarily the scheme. Okay. I feel like uh, with it being the off season, I have uh, enough time to just work on my body. And just kind of look back and see what see all of the mistakes I made and the things I wasn't so happy about, and, and just fix it. Yeah, folks, when it comes to uh, fixing things, let Immuni Financial help you fix your finances here in 2024. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Muni Financial today at 1-800-868-6864. Whether you're in Florida, whether you're across the country, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Visit the website, immuni.com, and tell them Peter Report sent you. All right, guys, just a reminder for everybody, even though the Buck season is done, we are not done at Peter Report. If you're new to the show, first of all, thank you for watching. Um, we do the show all year round, whether it's the NFL season, free agency, the draft, even in the summer, right before training camp. That's right. We always do it four times a week um, at 4 o'clock. Um, sometimes we change it a little bit in the off season because in season we don't do Tuesday shows, but in the off season we will. So, um, Oh, we got a late super chat as well. Thank you to yep. Lucas crane for this $5 super chat. He says, I'm hoping this team is able to regroup and go next year. We have a very tough schedule and we, and if we make the playoffs again, we're set for the future. Yeah, it is a bit of a tough schedule. Uh, we, we talked about that in the last, Thank you, Lucas. Today. we were uh, chatting. Yeah, for sure. Nathan Elliott. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Scott. See you next time on the Peter Report podcast. That's a great way to end the show. Also had this comment here, wanted to get on. Uh, where was it? Here we go. For Angelina. Love you guys from Peter Report. I used to have a subscription to Peter Report magazine back in the day. I kind of miss getting those in the mail, but I really enjoy these live shows. Well, you guys, you Peter people, make the live shows, especially on Mondays with Roll Call. Always so much fun. We're going to be back here Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock. And one more super chat to get in here. Ian Bowen, could Shaq resign for a smaller contract? Don't think that's in the cards. I think they want to move on with some youth. I think this has more to do with not just how much money he makes, but the type of player he is, and he's going to be 32 next year. I think we're looking at Yaya Diaby and some younger players on this team at Edge Rusher next year.
All right. Well, guys, in the meantime, if you're not already following us, please follow us on our social media on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are at Pewter Report. And our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We got ton up tons of video. We got the podcast, all different shows over on our YouTube channel. So please follow us, like, subscribe, and leave a comment as well. Shag says hit that like button. That's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Out.